Part 8, and finally, Chapter 1, Critics, Part 2, March 2nd, 2003. A recent office move, all of 20 feet, stirred up dormant stacks of paper, among them letters from readers over the last six years. Why do people write? Most of us read our newspapers and magazines with varying degrees of interest, some perhaps with alternate admiration, disgust, amusement, or anger, then turn the page. It occurs to few to answer back. Critics open their mail with a blend of gratitude, someone cared enough, and apprehension, we've been found out, but most will recognize an imbalance of justice at work. Reviews and columns come potentially at least before many eyes. The letter reaches only two. Yet when accurately aimed, it can hurt. The accusation might concern a wrong name or an unnoticed change of caste, or a fact just plain wrong. If writing accepts the privilege of public exposure, it cannot flinch from the returns of service whizzing back at it in swift postal forehands and backhands. Hovering just beyond this building lurk the grammar Gestapo and the spelling stormtroopers, issuing postcards and wavering hands and eager to point out the illiteracy of the addressee. After several alleged literary crimes, why not confess to your ignorance? And if I had submitted that in freshman composition, my professor would have called it errant nonsense. One writer in would change falls between the cracks to falls through the cracks. I apologize for having slipped on his sidewalk. Some letters are very nice, some genuinely instructive, but others are alarmingly vicious. Phenomena, like the three tenors, the movie Shine, and Hitler, seem especially to send normally silent pens into fits of angry scratching. Your writing has always been vapid, or this is just about the dumbest review I have ever read. Cross the wrong reader and language inflates. Mild questioning of Sviatoslav Richter's legacy is for one British reader a mark of aggression and negative attitudes. The critics cast some doubt on is escalated in the reader's mind to berating. People do get worked up. How to arrange my little archive? Chronology would be easiest, but I have gone to categories. Call one the Were We at the Same Concert file? For example, I got the distinct impression that Mr. Hall and I were not watching the same performance. Or, what exactly were you listening to? Some readers seem lonely and want you to know what they have done with their lives, what they've been listening to, and what they think about. Others have conspiracy on their minds. Hidden microphones and surreptitious amplification at the Metropolitan Opera House or doctored tapes of Met broadcasts. One reader informs me that Lee Harvey Oswald, inflamed by Tchaikovsky's opera Queen of Spades, was really after Jackie. A lot of readers are unhappy with their seats at the Metropolitan Opera or with box office response at Carnegie Hall, and they want someone to know about it. Particularly thick is my log-rolling or self-promotion file. Something like, I enjoyed your article and know you will profit from the recording book article review poem that I enclose. Here is my phone number. I am available for interviews. Agents and arts organization directors, under the impression that journalism is merely an adjunct for their promotional needs, demand coverage and are outraged when it is not forthcoming. One press agent, now dead, ventured the thought that she was at least as important to the critic as the critic was to her, and that consequently her clients deserved to be reviewed. My ugliest file might be named Social Conscience as Extortion. Comments not entirely positive about Riccardo Muti and the orchestras of his homeland become anti-Italian feelings. Investing French and Italian opera audiences with a restless spirit constitutes a kind of racial slur. A letter from a gay activist, not of the music world, leaves heavy hints that failure to review a gay pianist's recital will be judged an act of homophobia. Writing that William Grant still is a second-rate composer makes the critic a racist. People's minds do wander. Discussion of the color schemes for the Mets' Samson et Delila, especially red and black, exhibits for one raider blatant insensitivity to American Indians and African Americans. I called the Met the King Kong of opera houses, but happily have not heard from the primate lobby. 
A West Coast Russophile dispatches postcards bearing messages like, you have penned the single most foolish sentence in the entire Anglophone literature on Russian music, or today you outdid yourself in vapidity and that took some doing. There's a certain jollity to this kind of abuse. One senses a smile on the sender's face. There is certainly one on the recipient's. Darker is a collection of letters from a state university philosophy professor. Do try to curb your illiteracy. Pretentious nonsense. Gibberish. How dull you are. The insults are not troubling. Their persistence, obsessiveness, and volume are. One wonders what drives people to such prolific anger. I answer my mail with a smile. This is not the virtuous, soft voice turning away wrath. Kindness to one's antagonist irritates them even more. Some letters are unanswerable. From a woman in New Jersey, a three tenors fan. I can't begin to match your eloquence, so fuck you. I wish I could write.